Brother. Brother. How are you, bro? Yeah, good, good, man. Thanks for joining us tonight, eh? Well, this yeah, morning. Always, I can see why they call you Fridge. <laughs> yeah, bro. <laughs> That's it. Um, bro, how's everything going over there? I understand that you just come out of lockdown. Yeah, bro. Today. Um, eight weeks. It's unreal. But it's um, it's like God's playing a, a trick on us, bro, because it's honestly about to, like, it's like a storm's about to happen outside, bro. <laughs> Bro, it's been similar over here, and uh, we've just gone to level two, so hopefully we'll oh, get a bit of nice weather. Yeah, yeah. Oh, nice. Uh, bro, bro, I've been cracking up. I need to chuck on my hat, bro, because my hat, my bloody quarantine <laughs> is playing up. Looks bro, disgusting. I feel you, man. Can't wait for these barbers to, to open up, and that's <laughs> why I'm wearing a beanie. Um, bro, I've been cracking up at your handstand challenges uh, with the T-shirts there. Uh, you're pretty close. Bro, it's, uh, it ain't easy, eh? Some people been uh, mocking me that it's, uh, it's taken so long for me to get, but, bro, it's, uh, she's pretty tough. Uh, I know it's a bit rich, me giving you advice there, but I reckon you go two hands in first, bro, and then try oh, to no, work I, it up, maybe. I've done it, bro. I've done it. Oh, you've done it? Yeah, I've finally oh, done damn, it. Damn, I missed it. Yeah, no, nah, it's... Um, when did I do it? Maybe three days ago? Um, yeah. So I tried that. I tried the, the two hands, bro, but the... Um, doesn't really work, eh? Because we've got to try and pull the t-shirt up. But I um, <laughs> nah. So yeah, three days ago, I just I just went for it, bro. I was just like, today's the day because my couple of my mates had done it, and like, yeah. I was just like, I was getting pissed off, and I was like, oh, today's the day. So no, nah, I just uh, I went for a burn. It's either gonna go on or my shoulder was gonna pop. So I was just like, just went for a burn. Speed was the key, I think. Yeah, nice, bro. Congrats. Um, bro, we'll get into it. Uh, give a quick plug to our uh, main sponsor, Modern Mega. Always coming through for our club, uh, especially during these times. Uh, today, uh, you guys already know who it is, but uh, we've got Liam Messam joining us uh, tonight. Um, formerly of uh, Rotorua Boys High, uh, Hotsapu Rugby Football Club at, up, up there, uh, Waikato, Chiefs, Toshiba, Toulon, New Zealand under 16s, secondary schools, under 19s, 21s, 7s, New Zealand Māori, and uh, of course the All Blacks, bro. Welcome to the, the Patani Pod, brother. Thanks, bro, and thanks for the, uh, for the invite. It's, uh, it's always awesome to give back to uh, club rugby, and I know how uh, important club rugby and grassroots uh, rugby is uh, to New Zealand rugby, so my pleasure, bro. I appreciate, I appreciate that, man. Um, quick test for you, bro. I asked pal, pal the same question. Um, bro, do you remember your all-black number? Uh, 1082. Yeah, nice. <laughs> this must be a real important uh, thing that everyone holds. Um, bro, just... Just quickly, I wanted to start with uh, that plant-based moldy pod that you done, bro. I checked it out today, and man, I really appreciate the kind of the energy, the message, uh, the insight that you kind of put into that. And because um, people don't really get to see that kind of that side of players, you know, did, did you enjoy that pod with them? Yeah, it was actually my second second time doing a podcast, and um, yeah, I just yeah for me it was just a chance to start open up and. Um, um, I know there's a lot of people struggling during this time, bro, because of, of what's happened. Um, mm. So to sort of see, I guess, myself be so vulnerable was a good opportunity to, to let other people know it's okay. Um, yep. Yeah, and I just, just enjoyed 
chatting and probably rambled on a bit, but um, it was uh, it was good just to just to sit down and, and talk. Uh, for anyone that wants to know, it's up on YouTube. If you search uh, "plant based Māori" or uh, "plant seeds pod," um, yeah, it's a good watch there. Uh, bro, I'll start at the very beginning. Um, if I can, Rotorua Boys High, bro. Uh, you were kind of first 15 there for a while. Uh, was was rugby first 15 real, real big as it is now back then? Yeah, it was big, but it was, uh, it's not as big as it is now, I guess, with like it being on TV um, and kids getting signed straight out of school to super rugby teams and that. But it's, uh, or, us, or NRL teams now, I think is the, is the case, how kids get picked up at. Um, but it was still big. It was real, it was real massive. Um, I look back now and I sort of see this, the size difference. Like, I don't know, the kids all seem smaller now. Um, yeah, bro, big we, size. We were quite, quite big for a high school team, but um, no, it's, it was still big, bro, and I loved, I loved every single minute of, um, of my high school rugby. Yeah. And kind of your, your back end of your uh, first 15 uh, time there, uh, you make 16s and you make bloody uh, New Zealand 7s while you're still at school, bro. What was it like going into that environment as a young bloke? Yeah, the the first time, bro, I was um, shit scared. Eh? I was, I don't know what to expect, bro. And you hear all these stories and rumors of um, Tish's um, camps. And then uh, my first trial when I was sixteen, I was terrible. Um, bro, I was just like came last in all the fitness testings and all that. But I, um, I I done really well in, in the games. Um, so I just and then Tish just said, oh, if you got fit, you could be in the team. So. Yeah, just just busted my ass for the next year. I'm um, lucky enough to make it. Yeah, and was was kind of sevens the first time that you thought, oh sh- sh- shit, oh sorry, I'm, I might be able to make a career out of this um, kind of thing, or do you just keep rolling the dice? Yeah, no, it was. Um, like I just played rugby like we all do, just just for the love of it. Um, mm. I just had the bug and just played with my mates. Um, and then when I started making rep teams and started playing against men when I was at school, I was just like, oh, actually, you know. Because um, back then, rugby was sort of, it just sort of turned professional, if you know what I mean. Like, it wasn't, yeah. like, you didn't really see it as an option for a career. And then, um, yeah, I just went for a bro. And um, it just really, I would say lucky, but um, worked my ass off to, um, to have a career like I have now. Mad. And bro, did you get many um, outings for Hotapu Rugby Football Club up there? Or? Yeah, bro. So my first, was it three years, I think? First three years out of high school, um, I played full seasons of, of club rugby. Um, and then I always try to, every year, I always try to go back and play for my club. Um, one or two games. Because um, like I said at the start of this, I said it's, I think it's really important, club rugby, how important it is mm. to, um, to New Zealand rugby and and to the grassroots level and um, I just think more more players should be playing club rugby especially at the top top level it just just grounds you bro and just you know um, the boys are just there for the love of the game um, yeah I, I, I loved going to Tuesday and Thursday night training because we would just play touch for like an hour and then do like a 10 minute team run and that was it you know so um, yeah I always love playing club always try to get back and, and play a game for, for my club so um, yeah, like I said, I always just hope more more players, and maybe they might do now with the with the um, what's happened with the coronavirus. So mm. um, he's hoping to club rugby stay strong in New Zealand. Hard. Um, and bro, I feel, I feel like when when players come back out of that Super Rugby kind of modern ten cup, 
uh, level and come back to club rugby, they kind of enjoy it, bro. I feel like they enjoy it kind of being amongst just, you know, boys that work nine to five and are there for not just a laugh, but to play good footy and stuff. You always enjoy going back and seeing the club and helping out where you can. Yeah, yeah, I do, mate. And uh, some of my, my good friends from out of school have come from my club team. Um, still keep in contact. Um, and you get up to some good times with them. And um, yeah, like I said, they just come, come from building or whatever, come from working nine to five <laughs> and they just turn up for Saturday just to, to, uh, to have, a, have a jam with the mates. So um, no, it's, always, it's always good times. Big shout out, out, out to Hotsapu Rugby. Um, bro, those, those seven sessions with Titch uh, back in your early days, uh, were they as hard as their reputation kind of suggests? Like, <laughs> bro. Or worse? And some, yeah. The, the worst <laughs> of you could think and add, add another 100 to it, bro. It's just like, um, they always used to call the camps because I think back then the camp used to be like 50 players. I don't think it's that mm. big now. But he used to invite 50 players, select 50 players, and then it was pretty much just a camp um, of um, survival. So whoever was the fittest, like you just see players that start slowly dropping down to the squad. I think back then the squad was only got 15, I think, back then. Um, yeah. Got named to 15. So start with a big squad and just every day 10 will go, 10 will go. So it was pretty ruthless. And, bro, those, um, those tours are pretty epic as well. Like you get to travel all, all around the world. And bro, you're a pretty pretty young cat when that happens as well, man. That it's pretty cool to see the world that young with a funny bunch of guys. Yeah, bro. Like, if you think about it, being seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, and getting to travel like around the whole world and like cool places too, not like normal rugby places mm. like Dubai, Hong Kong, um, South America, places like that. It's um, yeah, but for a young young fella, it's awesome. And I was I was real fortunate too that I had a real. Um, good group of men, older men around me um, to sort of, I guess, nurture me and, and look after me and sort of, I learnt a lot, a lot from those older players, um, the way that I, I lead or the way that I play um, and just the way I sort of hold myself or um, what's the word? Sorry, like um, sort of learn about team culture and team spirit um, mm. and the seven, especially through Eric Rush because he was real big on that um, and it's probably a little bit easier in the sevens because there's only 12 or 15 of us at a time. So, um, yeah, I was really fortunate to have good people at the start of my, my career sort of give me those foundations. And, and you kind of, um, at 20, uh, get made captain of that team. That, that's pretty insane. Like, at, at that age, did you did you feel like we were already a leader or kind of you grew into that at, at that age? Um, yeah, I think we are all... Oh, like I say, we're all we were all leaders in that in that team because it's such a small, tight unit. Um, and like I said, we had guys like Eric Rush, Kaltinana, Michael Parkinson, sort of giving us the the foundations of of what it meant to be a New Zealand sevens player. So, um, I think it was just a progression, bro. Um, I didn't want to do it at first because I had guys like Massey Valance, um, <laughs> like le- legends of the game, um, that I had to captain, and I was just like, well, I'm just a kid, but um, no, I really enjoyed enjoyed the time and. Um, I learned a lot when I was uh, captain back then. I didn't really say much. Um, I just lead by actions, and oh, that's what I try to do. I just try to um, lead by by the way I played. So, nice, and it's a nice box to tick being a captain of a national side as well, um, bro. Just just touching on your your time with uh, the Chiefs and kind of Waikato, 
um, like from the outside looking in, that, that environment kind of seems a bit different to the other rugby teams. Like um, there's a mad culture up there. You guys are real tight. Is that kind of something that you guys come up with for yourself or just something within that community that, that drove that? Oh, good question, bro. It's, um, I can't really speak on other people's um, environments and cultures, but I just know for us, um, yeah, we're, we're tight, but it's um, it's organic. Like we don't try and fake it or we don't um, mm. try and make something that it's not. Um, we all we all get on really well. We all work really, really hard, which helps. Um, and especially 2012 and 13, we were playing for something bigger than ourselves. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Um, we had something that was, was really driving us. And But even before 2012 and 13, um, the Chiefs were always tight. Um, yeah, we probably didn't get the results that um, we wanted, but we were always that sort of close brotherhood um, sort of feeling and would always um, do do anything for each other and always have each other's back. So uh, it's just part of the, the culture, bro, part of the DNA up there in, in, in Waikato and at the Mighty Chiefs. So. And you guys kind of had a real good run there for a few years, you know, picked up championship or two. Um, that must have been a mad time around kind of uh, the wider Waikato area or the Bay of Plenty being able to bring some silverware back back to the area? Yeah, yeah, it was. It's um, <clears throat> I've been through the, the good and the bad at the Chiefs. I've been through some tough times, bro. I think we, one season, I think we lost like eight in a row or something like that. So, um, but it was, bro, it was real tough, real hard to, to get those two championships. Um, and that's what I loved about it because we had to, to earn every single, um, everything that we got there. So, um, it was good for our fans and our people to sort of come home to them and um, yeah, and give them give them a trophy. Even like I said, even though I said it's not, it wasn't about the trophy for us. Like it was, but it wasn't. If that makes sense, like we all we all wanted to win a championship, but we're also playing for something bigger um, within ourselves. So and it's oh, good yeah, to, so, it was to good it. to see a um, a community like that just come together and really get behind the the Chiefs and. Um, we sort of got, like, there's some pretty proud league um, towns in, in the Waikato. Mm. Um, and we sort of got them on board and sort of changed them into rugby fans. So, uh, it was pretty cool yeah. to see. Sorry, bro, you're speaking to a Hurricane supporter, man. Uh, we know we know the pain uh, probably more than anyone <laughs> else in New Zealand. Uh, um, but I was speaking with Ezra earlier on today. Um, he seemed to mention uh, your time around the New Zealand Maldives. Um, it's a pretty special team. Uh, speaking of people like Powell and Hwani uh, the other week, does that team hit a bit differently for you, kind of than, than the rest of the teams? Like, like real special. Yep, yep, it is, bro. And um, we actually have a, a Zoom chat meeting or a Facebook group um, with bro, the legends of New Zealand Māori rugby. Um, we, we've caught up twice now, and it's been awesome just to to chat and just to talk about the old times, bro. And the whole common theme was just like how proud we are to be Māori. Um, and, mm. and with that team, bro, it, was, it wasn't about rugby. Like, rugby was at the bottom of the list. But yet you look at the results and the way we played, like, you'd be like, mm. I think they got, like, some ridiculous win record, like, 94% or something. You know what I mean? It's like, and they've been in some top of the team, top of the um, international team. So um, the first thing is they were all connected through blood. So that, that makes it real easy to sort of connect. And um, then there's a lot of people, I was actually talking to Tamati Ellison last night about this, there's a, a lot of guys in that team that don't really know that they're, or they know that they're Māori or they 
got a little bit of mouldy in them, but when they come out of that environment, they're 100% hardcore, you know, that yeah. into, into their mouldy. Because you've got to learn your whakapapa, you've got to learn where you come from, you have to um, you learn about tikanga mouldy, you learn about um, the protocols, and like some guys have never been on a marae before, you know, mm. so um, just for guys to go on there, have a boil up or a hang, um, and you just get really in, um, ingrained into the culture, and Rugby just comes naturally, and then we just go out there and we just play, bro. And um, I know that I know the team has changed now into sort of a, um, or what has into a high performance team. Um, mm. But back when I sort of first started, it was far from high performance. But that that, that was the beauty of it. Um, the the team always performed. Um, it was like a so you come out of a Super Rugby or you come out of um, NPC ITM Cup, and it's real stressful, high level stuff, and you can just go into the Maldives and just. And just get the guitar out, relax, and chill. And just, yeah, and you can really truly get to express yourself. And, um, like you look back at some of the Māori games, bro, there's some man, there's some flair, and the boys just go out there and have fun. That you may, maybe you do things that you probably wouldn't do in a super rugby game, like I don't know, maybe chip chase or flip pass, but <laughs> you know, but that's in our gene, bro, that's in our, it's in our DNA, you know. Um, they always talk about, um, everyone's got a little bit of Māori in them, you know, a bit of trickster in them, so. Going out there and expressing yourself is a real big part of it. Mad. And bro, for me, uh, as a fan, that haka hits a bit different too. Like, it's probably the, the one I watch the most on, on YouTube from all eras. Um, is there a lot of practice that goes into it, or is it once you know it, everybody knows it and you're just on? Nah, nah, there's a lot of practice going into it, bro, because it's, um, yeah, it's, it's not like the, the All Blacks haka because everybody in New Zealand grows up with the All Black haka and everybody knows it. Um, but the Māori haka is, is different and every year people want to put their little twist to it. Um, it's always yeah. bloody t- turning into the Matatini is turning into a couple haka performance um, <laughs> lately but um, you know that's all good but everyone wants to leave their, their little um, bit to that haka so um, it's, it's, a, it's a pretty special haka so um, yeah a lot of time has been spent on it. Man, thanks. Um, bro, just one thing I wanted to touch on again is uh I like to talk to people about the first time they kind of made the ABs squad, um, kind of how they found out, and like how their like your family and and stuff react, or how how you react. Do you remember how you got told that you made that end of year tour? Yeah, so we had um, we had a like an All Black trial. It wasn't a game, but it was like an All Black trial camp. I think it might have been a game, but like an in-house game. Um, but I had uh, injured my hamstring um, during the NPC. Um, so I had a, I had a niggle the whole time. Um, and at the start of the camp, I was trying to push myself just to get through it because, you know, it's the all-black camp. You just, you know, bite through your mouth guard and get through it. Um, yeah. And then, uh, who was it? Ted, I think. Um, one of the coaches just sat me down um, the second day of the, I think it was like a 10-day camp, and he's just like, oh, just first up, put your feet up. Um, you've made the all-blacks, but you can't tell anybody. Um, right. So I was just like, but I was just like, Blown away. Um, I didn't tell anyone, I didn't even tell my mum or dad, but, and they expected me to tell at least my mum and dad, but um, I just kept it quiet for the last, for, for that whole camp pretty much until the, the All Black team got named. So I'm um, still listening to the the announcement on, on the radio or TV because it's always a, a proud moment when you hear your name get called out um, for the All Blacks. Yeah, they're the stories I like hearing most, eh? Because no, nobody, it's only a, a couple that you get to hear in the media and stuff, but. Um, um, Toshiba in Japan, uh, Toulon in France, 
pretty cool experience in both uh, cultures. Both have really nice food, or did you struggle with food at, at, at these places? Um, no, no. I um, the, the food's amazing. Um, well, Japan, I love Asian food and Japanese is um, is next level. But I do have a good friend, uh, Michael Leach, um, who was pretty much our um, guide in Japan or our caregiver in Japan. Um, and he can eat some outrageous food, and he used to take us to these <laughs> places, bro. And we used to honestly, like I've seen, oh man, yeah, it was just out the gate. Um, but the food, like the the yeah, it's hard to explain, but unless you've been there. Um, and then mm. came here to France. Oh, and the bakeries, bro, the like patisseries, like you just have to watch out for those, bro. Like, <laughs> but, bro, you know, yeah, and the and the baguette, bro, like the baguette is just like off the chain. It's next level, bro. It's like none of this French stick stuff you get from Countdown, bro. It's like <laughs> legit. And all you need, bro, is a baguette and butter, bro, and you're done. Like it's just now you're making me hungry, bro. I want to go to the bakery now. Yeah, Sam, about to have some dinner, but um, bro, I just wanted to ask one kind of semi-serious question around the ABs and the environment. Um, bro, the expectation kind of around that, even after you leave, to kind of to honour everything that comes with the ABs, like be a good person, um, that no kind of dickheads policy and stuff. Was that kind of an honour to be involved with that, or can it be sometimes a, a bit of a burden, like just always being known as that all black? I think when you're younger, um, it is a bit, a bit of a burden. But as you mm. understand, like, I think it's with anything, but as you understand your role um, more and you get a better understanding and a deeper understanding for it, then, yeah, you just you just go with it, I guess, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. So, yeah, the, you're all black 24-7, like, even now, like, if someone, an old player, does something stupid or does something that's the first headline is X or black or, you know what I mean? So not that person. So, um, yeah, I think for younger players, uh, like definitely when I was younger, you sort of was on your shoulders a bit more. But um, as as I sort of understood my role and the positive impact or influence that I could have on people because of that platform, um, you know, I just try to use it to, to the best of my abilities and try to use it as a positive. Wicked. Uh, and bro, last question before we get into uh, a few from the followers. Uh, I'm not not saying that you're finished rugby because you still obviously got another five, six, seven years in you. <laughs> but when you kind of <laughs> when you kind of look back and kind of see the teams you've been involved with and the things you've achieved, because you've kind of done it all, bro, in in a weird kind of way. But it must be a level of satis satisfaction there when you kind of look back and stuff over your career over here, I guess. Um, yeah, it's it's. it's doing these sort of interviews has sort of made me, I guess, realise it because I just used to shrug it off, if you forget what I mean. You know, like, oh, yeah. um, but I've just been so blessed to have, to be part of those teams um, and to do it for so long, um, I guess. Um, and yeah, hopefully it keeps continuing. Um, I'm not sure what's going to happen, but um, yeah, I am. I think when I get older, a lot older, I'm really old, but as I get older, I think it will probably and I'll reflect more on it, then I'll start sort of seeing for what it is. But um, for me, I think the most proud thing I'm, I've done in my career is just sort of the, the positive impact that I've been able to have on other people and sort of give back and, and help others. Mm. Okay, bro. Um, well, we'll get into the questions from the followers uh, real quick, uh, brother. Um, Sean messaged in asking what your favourite hack is to perform. 
Oof. Favorite hooker? Oh, yeah, because you, you uh, have the Chiefs one. Yeah, yeah, it'll be the the Chiefs one. <laughs> Chiefs one or the New Zealand Māori one? Yeah. Um, uh, Benny Martin, this is in, off the field, bro. What are you? What are you the most proud of uh, outside of footy? Uh, my two boys. I know. In the back home, mate, at the moment. Yeah, my oldest is watching now. He keeps bloody commenting and um. But yeah, my, my oldest, uh, my my two boys, I'm I'm very proud of, and the way that they've um, grown into be strong, young, but respectful men that listen to their parents. One hundred percent. Bro, I heard that uh, you might be catching a flight back home at some point, uh, maybe soon. And Super Rugby's gonna gonna be starting over here. What are, what are the odds that you're kind of straight into the mix? Because um, you're, you're a chief, you're 100% chief, so you, you wouldn't come down in the canes at all? Nah, bro, I've got a uh, red, yellow, black running through these veins, brother. Um, yeah, it'd be too weird to send me in another um, Super Rugby jersey. But um, yeah, hopefully, um, no, not hopefully, because it's quite sad that I'm, I'm leaving here in France. I absolutely love um, Toulon and France and, and the people here and, and the teammates. Like, that's one thing I love about rugby is the, the connections that you make um, from rugby. I um, mean, I've made some really close, close friends here at Toulon and it's, it's going to be sad to say goodbye, but I guess that's just, um, that's just footy life. Um, so yeah, hopefully leave here in a couple of weeks and head to the hotel isolation for two weeks, but um, nah, see if club rugby is running out, I might go for a run at club footy. <laughs> well, there's a club down here, bro, if you have a key. Um, bro, uh, can I get you to bench one, start one or drop one? With uh, Kaino, Rito, and uh, McCaw. Bench one, start one, drop one. I'll start, um, yeah, nah, I'll start um, Skip. I'll start Richie. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'll bench um, Rito and I'll cut Jerome. Because um, then me and Jerome can go, go get a feed somewhere. Nice. Um, bro, Sam Kane is captain. Thoughts? Pretty good. Yeah, no, awesome. That's awesome, bro. It's awesome to see him because um, he came into the Chiefs when he was like 18, 18, 17, 19. So um, it's awesome to see him grow um, from a, a man child to, to what he is. We always knew he was going to be special um, and he's turned into, a, well, grown into an awesome leader. Um, so I'm really proud of him and I'm looking forward to him seeing uh, lead the country. Nice. Uh, this one then from Hayden O'Toole. Uh, you worked under Dave Rene, bro. Um, you reckon he's going to turn those Aussies around? Yeah, unfortunately, it's uh, unfortunately, I think he is a eh? um, like he's an awesome coach, bro. Um, and he gets the best out of his players, and um, yeah, it's just a it's a scary, scary thing. Hopefully, he doesn't, but it's um, it's gonna it's gonna be a scary time if he does. Yeah. Uh, what what's a Liam Messon cheat meal look like? What's your favorite at the moment? Yeah. Uh, yeah. You probably think I'm strange, but because um, I'm quite into healthy eating and, and an active lifestyle, so um, just going down to the patisserie and getting a, um, a baguette <laughs> and maybe a cheat yeah. from there is my is my cheat meal. Um, oh, actually, the pizzas here in front are next level, so some of that. Man, I've got to, I've got to get over there. Um, yeah, you do, bro. Your pre-game playlist, bro. What are you listening to? Please no, don't tell me the drummer bass. Nah, nah, so that's the thing, bro. Um, I don't listen to music before a game. Um, when I was younger, I did. I put the headphones on like a lot of rugby players do now and then just, I don't know what they listen to, but I yeah, put on the music. Um, and then it wasn't until I got into boxing 
Um, and I just learned and understood that it's just a waste of energy. Oh, I wouldn't say a waste of energy, but it's just um, you're sort of bottling up all that energy for no reason. So it's better to stay relaxed. And um, sometimes you can still hear the boys sing the songs that they've been listening to when they're warming up. So um, for me, yeah. for the last, I think it was since 2011, um, I stopped listening to music um, and just stayed relaxed and chilled and sort of felt the room. And if someone needed a, a joke, then I'll sort of try and ease the tension or if someone needed a, a kick up the ass, I'll give them a kick up the ass. So. Nice, bro. Uh, last few, you got you got any superstitions pregame? Were you just strap up and you're on the field now? Nah, yeah. Um, when I was younger, I did. I always had to put it's a weird one. I always had to put my um, left sock on first and right sock. And um, and at the Chiefs are all Super Rugby teams. They've got the L for left and R for right. So I always had to make sure that my right was on my left and then my left was on my right. If that made sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know why I done that, but that's just something I always had to do. Uh, bro, Naza messaged through. I'm not sure if this is a clean story or not. No, but, um, I, I, yeah. I refuse to listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> it was just around uh, your nickname, uh, apparently Hunger, and what the Dor- Dorito boys are. <laughs> what, what did he say? <laughs> it's, it's, he goes, he goes <laughs> just ask, ask him why his nickname is Hunger and what the Dorito boys are. <laughs> If it's oh, not clean, okay. we, don't, we don't have to go there. No, nah, no, nah, it's clean, it's clean. Um, so hunger was originally hungry because, like I said, I'm, um, I'm really big into healthy eating and an active lifestyle. And um, when I was younger, I was early in my career, I was, I was a bit of a psycho in the way I um, had nutrition. Like, I didn't know much about nutrition. So I would just eat, like, um, boiled chicken and, and veggies. Um, yeah, it's pretty sick. Um, sometimes, like, I'll just have cereal all day because I thought cereal was good for you. Um, so oh, anyway, one time, bro, we went to um, the Waikato boys, Keith Lowen and them took me out to a Chinese restaurant. And Chinese restaurants just full of grease and oil, bro. And I just sat there the whole time, just like picking, like at the veggies, at the at the at the, at the food. And about, I was so hungry. We were there for about a couple of hours, and I got back. I was living with him at the time, and I got back to his house, and I just straight into my rice bubbles. eh? just made a massive bowl of rice bubbles, um, smacked that back, and then he just said, "Oh, your your new name is uh, nickname's going to be Hungry." And then we went from there to Hunger because our Island Brothers, um, I think City, couldn't say Hungry properly, um, <laughs> so they just started calling me Hunger. Then all the Island Boys just said Hunger. Then it just went from there, bro. Um, and there was other one, Dorito Boys. Dorito Boys, mate. Yeah, that was India tour. Um, can't remember what year it was. Um, and it might have been before Wales or England um, when we went down to just a local dairy and um, just got heaps of treats, some uh, Doritos and all that, um, smashed it back. Um, I think me and Naza might have been on the, weren't even playing, but um, Jerome was, and uh, like I think Jerome was had a man of the match performance, so um, turned it into a bit of a ritual. They were to go get some... Uh, some treats and some Doritos the, the night before the test match. So. Wicked. Um, very last couple, so bro. Um, bro, who who did you say on the plant-based Māori uh, pod that there was kind of no educational support for certain situations, for kind of certain scenarios when you're coming up, and that you like to work with youth? Is that something that you might get into kind of after footy, like get into that kind of work and supporting maybe young footy, footy players? <laughs> yeah, well, there's – when I was saying that, I was meaning like, when I was coming through the the, the age groups mm. and that, like 
through my career, there wasn't any support. But now the New Zealand um, Rugby Union and RPA do a really awesome job giving oh, cool. um, giving our younger players that sort of um, that sort of service, I guess, um, for them because it is it is pretty tough for our younger players. Um, but yeah, I, I really enjoy working with uh, with youth to sort of just inspire them and to to empower them to to be what they want to be, bro. And, sort of given the tools that I could learn from. So um, I'm not sure what the future holds for me yet. Um, still still have that passion and that drive to keep playing, bro. So mm. we'll see what happens. Nice. And uh, lastly, bro, just looking, I guess, for some advice. Like, bro, you, you've enjoyed, like, high highs, uh, low lows throughout your career, but you've always kind of worked hard to tick those goals, whatever happened. Um, any advice for young players who kind of – um, face similar situations or, or adversities coming up? Yeah, so um, I'm big on um, on hard work and effort. Like, I'm, I'm really big on that and, and I know that everything in life you have to earn. Um, it's just not going to get given to you. Um, and, and that's what I... That, that's something that really drives me is that, is that hard work and effort. Um, also understanding that everything's not going to be perfect and it's okay to fail. Mm. Um. I think it was like my first stint in the All Blacks. So I always thought everything had to be perfect, and um, I always used to uh, get real down on myself if I made a mistake at training or in the in, in the games. I was too scared to really express myself because I was um, yeah I didn't want to make a mistake. And then I sort of understood and learned that it's okay to fail, and um, you can only grow and get stronger from from those failures. So. Um, yeah. So it's okay to to do that and go through that that situation, and I think it's it's really good for you. Like, I wouldn't take anything back through my career, any of the struggles that I've been through to um, to have back. Like, I, I wish I like I'm grateful that I went through them. So, um, and I've I seen a post that TJ sent a couple of weeks ago, actually, and it was about um, consistency and discipline. Yeah. And I really, you know, I thought that was awesome because everyone can work hard, um, but it's the consistency and discipline that I guess sets us from the dif- uh, from different people. Like consistently working hard and having the discipline to do it every day, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and I think that the biggest thing for for everybody um, is just to to find some time to give back to to whatever it is, um, to give back to people, help other people in need. So, and it all awesome. the universe will somehow all make its way back to you. Know if that makes sense. You know, if you do a good deed and um, something good will happen to you. Uh, Liam, bro, really appreciate your time coming on. I know you're pressed for time and you've got heaps of things on, but um, bro, I love that you're giving back and kind of coming on a small small page like ours to, to talk footy and, and life, bro. But um, wish you all the best moving forward. And if you're ever down in, uh, in Wellington, uh, come around and we'll, we'll get a cover cover session sorted in Patoni at Nasers, mate. <laughs> no, yeah, to make sure he's got his gout pools, bro. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but thanks, thanks for your time, brother. Nah, it's my pleasure, bro. Too easy. All right. Take care, bro. Awesome, bro.